Welcome to another episode of New Savages Spirituality. I'm Simon. I'm John. Just two brothers on a journey. And uh, this week's episode, we're going to talk about the end of relationships, um, which we've all been through at one point or another, I would imagine. And a um, couple of people that are super close to me have been dealing with it for the last sort of couple of weeks to, to six weeks, I suppose. Um, so it's really quite in the front of my mind at the moment. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. And as most of our listeners know, I went through a breakup after I think it was five and a half years. Yeah. It's coming up to a year ago now. It was last, yeah, it was last April that yeah, I ended with, with a, a woman who I had a child with. So the kind of, it's, it's different, a breakup like that, because you, um, although you break up, there's no complete separation no. because you have to kind of maintain a relationship yeah. for the, um, the sake of the baby and obviously the, the child's innocent yeah. in it. So yeah, it's been different for me, but definitely I, like relationship breakups are, are funny things because they really, um, they test every element of you in terms of your your ability to to be alone, your ability to face your own fears, your demons, your ability to kind of move through emotions. And I, when I first broke up, I think you said to me that um, you know relationship breakup is actually like mourning. Absolutely, you have to go yeah. those different stages. Yeah, and they're not linear. You know, sometimes yeah. you'll be in denial. Sometimes you'll be actually fine about it. Sometimes you'd be um, just really angry and, yeah. and hurt, and and obviously the final one's acceptance. And like thinking back, it did take me quite a while to, even though like I initiated the breakup for my relationship, yeah. but um, it was still elements of you know was it the right decision and, and a huge amount of guilt as well because you were breaking up a family, mm-hmm. you know, and um, I had stepkids as well, so that was difficult. But yeah, it was a. I look back now and, you know, I'm so thankful for every bit of the journey, every lesson, but there were certainly in the early stages, some real pain and yeah, yeah, it was not, not always easy. So for people that are going through it and only in the early stages, I, I really feel for them and, you know, it's easy to say you'll move through it and you'll grow. And, you know, I mean, in, in my case, I've met an amazing, amazing woman and I'm in a conscious relationship that's it's as I said I think before I feel like I'm in the first adult relationship of my life (laughs) but it took some pain to get to that yeah you know I'm thankful for my previous relationships because you learn so much from that that you hope you take through into a new relationship and um yeah I'm in a beautiful place now but yeah it took a while (laughs) it's a journey (laughs) isn't it it's pretty difficult yeah it's never black and white and um I think for me, the the big thing about this is is, is I'm I'm not going to tell anybody how they should, you know, recover from a relationship or or how they should move forward from it because everybody will be different and everybody has to find their own their own pathway and, and way forward with it. Um, but there's a little like few things that I've sort of observed and become aware of, and and um, I just thought it would be an ideal opportunity to to share that. But but what, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. for sure. Uh, one of the, the big ones that I've I've really come to a conclusion with is that um, while you're in an immense amount of pain, because like say you are in grief, you are grieving the end of something, 
um, that was important and you, you know, you in, in, invested in emotionally. Um, the other person's feeling that grief as well. So from, I mean, social media is a, is a horrific thing in this situation because we only present like the benefit, the good stuff on social media, mm. you know? So if you're, if your relationships come to an end and you're sitting there feeling absolutely devastated, whether you ended the relationship or the other person did, um, and you're sitting there thinking, Oh, they're not suffering. I'm pretty sure a hundred percent that they are suffering as well. Um, and yeah. although they may present it on social media that they're just swimmingly through, they're out, you know, drinking and having fun with friends, they're in a great deal of pain as well. I, I don't think anybody can end a relationship and not have some sort of pain. Um, no, I expect if it's been a while for sure. Yeah. And, and I mean, the reality is, is, um, you know, th there's, there's so much to it that, that, these, you know, the partner is a lot more than just your um, your partner in sense. Within the modern world, we seem to put an awful lot on that person. So when it's taken away from us, the the, the dynamic that we have to deal with is huge. Um, it's almost like uh, we've gone from one complete other side of it, in the sense that this person was everything. They were like our best friend, our companion, our confidant a lover and all of this element to it. And then you've lost it all in one go, mm. you know, and, and as humans, we, I feel we kind of have a habit of, we put so much into our partner that we end up kind of alienating ourselves from other friends, um, family members and so forth. So, um, they can be a little lasty sometimes when we come out of this relationship and we call upon them and they're like, well, you haven't spoke to me for like six months or whatever. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Um I mean that's actually a lesson for during the relationship and yeah. yeah, we actually we've discussed this at length over the last few weeks that when you are in a relationship, especially as a man, it's quite easy to get into this thing of and even more so when you've got kids, that you make sure you're providing for the family, you make sure that your partner's wife, you know, whomever's fine, you make sure the kids are fine. But then your own well-being, you're connected to your friends, you're going out and surfing or whatever, yeah. becomes the last thing and quite often the thing that doesn't happen. So you're not actually nurturing yourself and trying to, you know, pour from an empty vessel or whatever. You know, yeah. you're just not looking after yourself. And so it almost it goes back to the stage of that for a healthy relationship, you really don't want to put everything on that partner. Absolutely. And um yeah. Yeah, so there's lessons in that. Yeah, I think for me, from what you were saying as well, and one thing that I did really reflect on and was so, so important for my own healing from the breakup was really not being in victim mode. Yeah. And it and it's hard. Yeah. I mean, it was slightly different because I ended the relationship. I think if you're dumped, and that's a horrid word to use, but you know what I mean? Yeah. That's the, the vernacular it's used. Yeah. But if you're the person who doesn't want the relationship to end, then it's very easy to kind of internalize it. I wanted this, I wanted that and have this kind of euphoric memory of, Oh, it was better than it actually was and yeah. forget all of the, you know, the trials and tribulations. But I think for me, I really tried to not take away from that. She was in the wrong. She was this, she was that she should have done better. Yeah. But just like, do you know what the relationship ran its course? Yeah. We hurt one another. Yes, I'm sure we could have tried harder and things, but 
we just were different we grew apart and that's not her fault that's not my fault it's just that's what happens and you know there are some relationships that are going to last like yours lasted 30 years mm. but you know you admitted on numerous occasions it's not lasted 30 years without hardships no of course not. and yeah you know, for some people you stay in a relationship for people you don't but that doesn't have to be blame it doesn't have to be that she's in the wrong yeah it doesn't have to be that i'm in the wrong but we're kind of a blame culture i believe at the moment okay. you know yeah. so many yeah. ways that it's Blaming like cancel <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah so so for me it was really important that for the breakup to to just kind of go smoothly and especially because we have a child together it was just about honoring her and accepting where she's at and um the pain that she was in at different points and the pain that i was in at different points and yeah. and we each you know handled it in our own way and and moved through the emotions but the bottom line is that you know she's a great person and and i'm thankful that we had a child together i think when you can stop yourself from holding animosity and i i do a meta practice you know a, yep. a heart practice within my meditation of sending unconditional kindness out to her and to to many people including people that i perceive as enemies or would have perceived as enemies yeah. and i think that's an important distinction because it kind of frees you yeah of that weight you know hatred and an um, aversion to people it's just it's toxic and it just doesn't help you so for me that was a really important part of the breakup and you know that's what this focus is for the podcast that just like as much as you can stop the hate tox stop the toxic chat because that's the other thing um like and we all do this i would know straight if i wanted to um to be in a situation where i you know i wanted to slag the x off as you'd say and i didn't but if i had i'd know exactly who to phone who would just reiterate yeah you're in the right but it doesn't help you at all no. you actually just sending out love you know you, uh, you may want to hate them yeah but you, you gotta try because otherwise the shit just comes back and eats you i i think personally when there's a lot of reasons why relationships come to an end like thousands um mm. but i think a lot of the time it is it, <laughs> a big one it's it's a lack of communication and in in the modern world where um texting is is more prominent than talking it um it really is there's there's so much damage done through it and i i think mm. we just don't open up and and we're not honest enough with our partners at times and these misunderstandings mm. come into play and then they're magnified and they grow and they grow and they grow and then um watching younger people deal with the end of a relationship is is frustrating and fascinating all at the same time um yeah you know we come from an era where a conversation is key um yeah uh, we we're, we're old enough to remember times before the internet and before mobile phones cellular phones um so we would have to go to talk to that person and these days that you know yeah. guys and <clears throat> girls are dealing with like this whole well, they just stop texting you and they stop talking to you. And, and it's like, yeah, the ghosting as they call yeah, it. Yeah, that's it. And it's like, wow, that's, that's so it's pretty terrible. It's, it's horrific really, because when I look at it and I think, well, how are these guys going to truly recover from that relationship when they can't even have a conversation about it? Mm. You know? Um, so I, I would think that like, I would beg anybody that is, is in a relationship that is deciding that they want to end it 
please do it in person and have that that courage to sit front you know face to face with the person and and tell them the reasons why you're feeling that you have to be in a relationship because a lot of the time I think there's massive misunderstandings stories in their head go wild and they run with it and yeah you know and and I've kind of, I feel like I'm witnessing it at the moment to be quite frank uh, with, mm. with somebody quite close to me um, how we how as men we deal with our emotions um, plays a huge part in it as well I think yeah uh, I mean, we, we've we've talked at length at this over over these podcasts, and like I had a just an instant stay. I was in a cafe, yeah. and two two guys. I think they came from a building site across the road. Yeah, came in, and the one followed the other. And the the waitress at the the front said, Are "You guys together?" As in to sit together. And the second guy turned around and said, "Yeah, we're together, but not like that." And was really like firm about proving that he wasn't gay. Yeah, and I kind of looked at it, and it it wasn't judgment, but it was just sadness that he really felt that need that it, he was so like, you know, really clear. Like you cannot think of me as gay. Yeah. It's like well, none of us would have batted an eyelid if you were. It's like, dude, <laughs> you know, get over it. He does protest too much, etc. Yeah. But, and I think that's the problem with the toxicity that yeah. really from the early age, because we're not taught how to relate, we're not taught how to own our emotions. And like, if you're in a family environment where you see a certain way that your yeah. your father or your you know stepfather or, or the father figure relates to your mother figure, and and it's not a conscious open way and it's not um, honouring one another, then it's really hard to know anything but that as your norm. Yeah, and and like you said now as well, the fact that people are, you know, Texas conversation, and I have to even do like, you know, my partner she's mostly with me at the moment, but um she she if she goes for a few days back to where she lives because she lives about an hour away from me yeah. like you find yourself voice noting one another and i'm like what the fuck did i just call her <laughs> yeah. like we'll do a, a 10 minute voice note and it's like i literally should have just said this and got interaction yeah. but you almost forget it and we oh. do know as you said yeah. what it was like before but still it's such a because the, the thing is about the voice notes and all that and the, the texting it's like an on the hoof yeah, a phone call is something of presence. You know, you, you shouldn't. I mean, you can, but yeah. for the most part, the phone call should be your focus. I think so. Yeah. So, I, I, but whereas the voice note, you can be doing it and you're on the run, just on a, a lunch break or whatever. So it's actually, again, that thing of the for the younger generations that it's all the next thing, the next thing, and the next thing. That constant stimulus. I'm texting whilst watching the football on TV or watching a film. I can't actually be immersed in one thing. And I see this with my kids that they. They literally, their attention span is so short. Like because seven they seconds or something, I think, is the... Yeah, uh, bit of gratification. Yeah. You know, and then you know, that is taken into relationships. You and I have a mutual friend um, who is not on any social media platforms whatsoever. Mm, he, we do. Yeah, he doesn't have a um, smartphone. He has an old school um, Nokia phone. I think it's called the banana because they were yellow and they're kind of curved and it's just like, anyway, <laughs> that's the phone that he has. And since he was telling me that since he did away with all the social media and the smartphones and all that sort of thing, his relationships have improved so much. Um, mm. Like the relationship with his partner is healthier and better. The relationship with his friends is healthier and better. Um, He's far more present in the moment. 
In fact, of, of all of our friends, he is probably the person who is most present with it because he's never sidetracked by um, the smartphone. And, it's amazing. Yeah, it? it's absolutely fascinating. And, and I mean, I, I've come off social media a few times, and I think the longest, I was, well, I, I've only been back on about a year or so. No. Um, but I was off for about two years, and it, 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 was, it was pretty good, actually, when I think about it. Um, and I'm not overtly active anyway. But what I do find is that how quickly they impact on relationships. I mean, how many times mm. have you been out, like you go for a meal in the evening or to a lunch, and, that, and there'll be couples set at tables, and instead of talking with each other, they are literally staring at their phones. Mm. you know i often want to say like are you texting one another <laughs> yeah <laughs> but what, what started you fancy darling yeah but is it any wonder that if that's the the way we are approaching things there's issues within our relationships Be mm. because if we can't even put that down for a 45 minute meal you know like how desperate is it that that, that phone needs to be in your hand you know? mm. And then, like I said, it, it, these the, these younger people with their relationships, and when they're coming to an end, this whole ghosting thing is just it's just horrific. And I, I yeah, I kind of I like I view like those things damage you. You know, they damage your sort of self worth when you've you've invested some time and emotion in a person, and then they just literally cut you off like that. It's gonna impact on your on your emotional health. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it's going to, well, it's going to go to your core of your self-belief, mm. your self-worth. And yeah, it's also, it, I think that the problem is through screens as well. It sounds like we're just doing a, a, a podcast on screens, yeah. but it's, um, it is relevant that it's, and it's the same with kind of cyber bullying and all this. Yeah. It's dehumanized. It's depersonalized Absolutely, because yeah. people wouldn't do it in the same way face to face, but over a screen, it's easy to, um, and I think the the kind of prevalence of Hinge, Tinder, all of these things also gets such a like a, a scroll heavy emphasis on the judgment of people based on how they come across yeah. photogenically and if they've got a witty bio or a sexy bio or, or whatever. Yeah. In you know, you literally could be scrolling past your soulmate potentially. Yeah. Because they don't take a good photo, or they don't, they don't look the part on it. And um, I remember one a barber that used to work for me um, saying that he was chatting to a girl online, and um, she asked his height, and he said five eleven, and then she literally stopped talking to him at that point. So the height was that was a was thing for her. Yeah. A, yeah. Yeah. Wow. And it th this is crazy. Like, and he said they'd been having good conversation. It, 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 do you know? It, I couldn't even know, imagine asking a, a person's height. I'm going to date you if you're a certain height, but not if you're not. So, ah, uh, I suppose if if a woman was six five, I'd probably feel a little bit intimidated. But well, I've got I've got a friend of mine. I wouldn't even ask her height. So, yeah, I got a friend you know? of mine from way back, um, and his partner. She's six foot one, and he's five nine. And um, it works it works yeah he said the best well, i bet they met organically yeah yeah they did Sorry, yeah absolutely met organically uh they connected over humor and um 
and she was coming out of a relationship at the time and and he was single and they clicked so well and this i've known them crikey over 20 years now and they're still together and happy as ever um and he always makes me laugh because he always said i once asked him about the height difference and he said it's perfect he said because the day we got married and we did our first dance i just put my my head on her boobs <laughs> had the best dance of my life and i still think that that's like you know if you met this guy he's he's real funny but um but yeah that's that to this well, that's kind of maternal anyway yeah yeah in the heartbeat and well yeah i mean it's beautiful really and he said i he says it's never been an issue he says i'm really safe and secure in who i am and i think that was the key um he is safe and secure in who he is so the height difference mm. and, and like you said like like if he'd have look for his ideal woman before he met her she she wasn't it you know but the minute he met her and got to know her then she became it yeah you know and so subsequently that's kind of what a lot of these guys and girls are missing out on because they're so obsessed with oh you're 511 or you know or you're six foot yeah you you gotta have the same interest you gotta have this Uh, interestingly I, i did like you know post relationship i or you know post breakup i should say i was really interested in looking at some of the kind of neuroscience of relationships and the kind of the um the character traits that that we carry and how you know and and the attachment styles which you know most people will know as to whether you're kind of secure in a relationship whether you avoid and really push yourself or push your partner away whether you're quite anxious and really insecure and want them and you know i certainly i noticed elements of the insecure so that kind of anxious yeah anxious too secure i'd say but that and it made me realize that if i was with a partner who was avoidant that's quite a difficult dynamic because absolutely you cling to them they push away and i can see patterns of that in old relationships and i think that was also a really important distinction for me to actually look at like again getting back to that what you know what can you learn from a relationship it's not just about they did me wrong or i hate it i hate them i'm so glad my life's so much better but you know any relationship you've had no matter how bad it is at the end will have had some beautiful times Absolutely. otherwise it would never have happened in the first place yeah to be thankful for that yeah. you know the dalai lama says when you lose don't lose the lesson and that's the thing so don't lose actually look at what you can learn from it and uh, learn from that breakup to move forward really yeah. positively and hopefully any of the negative traits that you may be exhibited during that relationship you can try and move through when you get into a new relationship i mean i i'm a firm believer that most of us go into a relationship with our traumas in place and we're reenacting them mm. um and that's a lot of the time that's why we're attracted to those people in the first place is because there's yeah. something within our our, our our you know psyche probably from a childhood trauma that brings us to them in the first place but like and i've said this numerous times i believe one love language that's not addressed enough is seeing your partner's trauma Mm. and and um i think understanding the way your partner may go around things and go about things because of a trauma um and if they're trying to sort of heal from it the best they can you'll help them and, and help them move forward and you'll probably build a well in fact i don't know if you think you will build a stronger relationship i mm. like like you said i've been with my partner for 31 years this year 
this November is, mm. this November is 31 years. And um, it hasn't always been like smooth sailing. We've had some real rough patches. When we've had some a couple of breakups in that period of time. Um, but either we're both really, really stubborn and won't give up, or, mm. or the uh, which is which is true. We are both really stubborn. Um, <laughs> but also, I firmly believe that my relationship is at the best it's ever been now because. We've worked through so much of that, mm. and because m- my partner has, she's never given up on me. Yeah, you know, she's always seen me for truly who I am, and seen past all my bullshit. Yeah, I, and I will say the same for for her. I I always see her for for who she is, even when she's having the hard time and struggling and dealing with what she has to deal with. I can still see her there. Yeah. And and that's taken us a long time to get to that. But I wonder how many relationships come to an end because when those bits come up, it becomes too difficult or the, the triggering even perhaps, seeing somebody mm. in their trauma and that's when people walk away from it. Well, interestingly, I, I reposted tonight, and I, I'm just going to read it, actually. We talk a lot about the holistic psychologist. Oh, big fan. And this one, re- yeah, really, really, really kind of it just resonated for me. And what she put was, the nervous system is developed from birth through childhood. If we don't experience safe, predictable, secure relationships, the body learns that people are not safe, mm. and our body and our behaviors become defensive. Yeah. and that you know, when you're talking about it it's, and understanding people's traumas, that really is it in essence. And, and in the, the kind of bit below, she talks about that, that actually if you can see the, the patterns and maybe some of the, the negative or defensive behavior traits that your partner has yeah. and link it back to that perhaps they didn't have secure relationships and role models within their childhood, it helps you, as you said, to understand that, that their trauma is, you know, a love language to to kind of accept and understand. And it helps you to accept yourself more and can only benefit the relationship. Absolutely. I mean, I, I, we're both big fans of, of, of a holistic psychologist. Um, and, yeah. and I think the way she, she actually recently did a little something about relationships. I don't know if you saw it. She made little videos about sort of avoidant, anxious and, and secure um, attachment styles, um, which was fascinating. Um, mm. Now, I, I I don't mind saying that I'm I'm very much an anxious attachment style. Yeah, um, and me too, yeah. as you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm I'm currently learning a little bit about more about it. Once again, my partner is keeping me in the loop, and she's discovered a um, a book, and we're we're actually listening to it because it's. I find that those sort of things I like to hear somebody else discussing it to really sink in. But um, I was listening about. Um, avoidant and um, anxious uh, if they come together in a relationship and mm. how difficult it can be and um, it's almost like saying uh, it's not impossible to do but it's a difficult one it's a tricky one you know so for anybody that uh, that's aware of their attachment style perhaps one of you is anxious and one of you avoid it you are up for a lot of work but I, I believe you can get through it you'll find a route through if you're seeing each other's traumas and the reason why you behave the way you do. Yeah. You know, I've got a post about that, that um, I read earlier, which is really interesting. Um, 
To interrupt an anxious avoidant dance and relationship, both must make an effort to shift the energy. Yeah. The anxious person's role, role is to le- lean out a bit and give space. The avoidant person's role is to extend and move towards. Yeah. So it is, and it, that kind of just makes sense to me. It's yeah. that coming together, that um, acceptance that, um, you know, it's okay to let go. And it, interestingly, I, you know, I, I see a counsellor and I've, I'm sure, well, you know, yeah. um, and I spoke to her once about, and I remember saying to her that, and the language is so powerful. And what I said was, I understand that I won't die if I let her go mm. in terms of not let her go as in yeah. split up with her, but if she goes off on holiday, if she moves away and I'm not around all the time. And the counselor said, well, that language is so powerful, but that's the language really for the mindset of a child in terms of the, um, yeah. like we really do as children, if my parents go, they're going to die, you know, never going to see them again. And so when we're using that language, even though we don't know, we're still coming from this childhood place within where we're scared and, you know, we don't, we just don't feel safe. Oh, and that's yeah. why if we can understand that as, as an avoidant, that it's actually, it's so useful and so, so important to kind of, to move into that discomfort of like, yeah, she, she doesn't need me. She's not here. She might want to go away with her friends for a weekend or she, you know, she might not call for a bit yeah. and that it's still okay because it isn't, it's not a, a healthy element that's coming out. That's our, our worry, our anxious, yeah. our, our inability to just be. And so like moving through that's so, so important. And absolutely. Yeah. If we don't understand that and if, you know, if it's just like, oh, my partner, we wouldn't even use the word avoid it. My, my, my partner's like unavailable or whatever. Yeah. My partner's never around. They don't listen to me. They just want to go out all the time. Yeah. Whereas understanding that actually that was probably as a child, their coping mechanism. So yeah. they, well, they had to like, be like that. To, yeah. 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 They had to cope by being avoidant, by mm. being their own island, which is another they, Another one is anchor island yeah. or wave that they call for the three. Yeah. Um, Oh. So understanding that is so, so important and could maybe save relationships yeah. or at least if open, honest and vulnerable conversations are had and oh. in a more beautiful way, a more skillful yeah. and honest and open way. I think truthfully that's the big one here is so many people, male and female, don't have the emotional IQ to have those vulnerable conversations. And that's not a dig mm. at anybody by any means because I was that person, you know. Yeah. But it, it is just the sense that the more vulnerable you can be with your partner, the closer you will become and the less likelihood of, of you know, um, chaos. Uh, but the, at the same time, for some people, chaos is where they that's their only safe zone because that's what they've grown up in, so that's what they search out for. And it's... And, well, yeah. you know, they've still got to learn how to adapt. Exactly like you were saying with the, the anxious and avoidant, it's the same sense. You've got to learn how to adapt to your, your, your partner and their, their attachment style. And once again, seeing that will be a, will be a, you know, a love language. Yeah, you know? definitely. I think chaos can become so much the norm that when you get into a balanced relationship or a balanced point within your relationship, then you create chaos because it feels safe. It feels boring. Yeah. 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 Otherwise it's boring. All this 
this is not going nowhere because it's just it's mundane but it's no no that's actually just harmony yeah, that's the gold that's but, the cream yeah. right there is when it's just but i've yeah. been there though yeah. creating, creating drama for the sake of oh, it oh so. i think that's just like you know until you get that little bit more understanding around it you'll go to that like oh my god we're not having sex every night we're not doing this we're not doing that and it's like our relationship's over actually no you're just in that real sweet spot where you're just like connected with each other and comfortable and yeah I, like my partner said the other day sarah said the other day like god when if somebody said comfortable i thought that was a bad thing you, you know <laughs> for so many years we were like oh shit we don't want to be comfortable we want to be wild and passionate and you know no, comfortable is good <laughs> you know um but like the, the context of all of this for me is that watching people that are two, two people that I absolutely love to bits go through a breakup over the last, like say two to six weeks and seeing them deal with things and seeing them deal with the same situation, but polar opposites, mm. you know, has been both heartbreaking at times and fascinating. Um, and and a lot of it now that I, I, I look into things more, I, you can kind of see all of this element coming through. There's the attachment styles and the, um, the lack of communication. And it's like part of me wants to grab them and, and sort of give them a shake and say, look, all you've got to do is this, you know, yeah. and you might be able to say, you know, but obviously one thing, I, as I've said to these people, is one thing we can't control is free will. Mm. You know? So the, the other person, you know, if they've if they've ended the relationship, we can't change their free will. It's you know, it's and that's really tricky to deal with. Um, mm. But I always think back to I don't know if you ever saw that movie um, Bruce Almighty. Yeah. yeah, and where Morgan Freeman is God, and he says to Jim Carrey, "You can pretty much do anything, but you can't change free will." Yeah, and I I stand by that now. Um, that. We have to. We can only look after ourselves. We can, we can only work on ourselves. We can't really do anything mm. for that other person. We we I I kind of firmly believe we do have a responsibility in a relationship to do as much as we can to keep that other person feeling safe, so that they have that that comfort to talk to us and communicate with us because they don't feel at risk and they don't feel worried. Um, mm. But we can only do so much. You know? Yeah, and and sadly you you're talking about like conscious relating, yeah. which has taken me forty six years. Absolutely, to get to. absolutely. If a relationship doesn't start with that, it's so much harder to get into. Absolutely, and what it really takes is both people within the relationship absolutely. to actually to be acting yeah. from the place of their heart rather than ego. And we all step into ego at different points. Oh, for points. sure. Yeah, and it won't always happen either. Let's be realistic. There's going to be moments no. when these things aren't. But I think, like, I just think to myself 30-odd years into my relationship is that what I know now, if I'd known at the beginning, man, what a different relationship it would have been. Yeah. You know? Of course. You know, and – the thing is, I haven't had a horrific 30 years with my partner. I've had a, an amazing 30 years. There's just been a few blips where they weren't so great, you know. Mm. But then show any relationship, long-term relationship, that hasn't had the same thing. and you know. Well, you can't. You can't go not. for 30 years. Yeah. It's, we're human at the I, end of the day. Yeah, yeah, of course. 
I think in conclusion, really, you know, if there is anyone listening, if there are any people listening that are going through breakups or had them recently, it's like, you know, we can't tell you how to mourn. We can't no. tell you how it's going to be. We can give our experiences, which yeah. are very limited. But the one thing I'd, I'd really, you know, encourage everyone is to just kind of be, to accept yeah. as much as you can, to try and be positive in your actions and understand that at some points that you won't be okay, yeah. but that it's okay to not be okay, Absolutely. but really try and not sit in anger, not sit in that maudlin state, but just be, reach out to your friends, find little mi- micromanagement of time, little things that you yeah. can do, you know, have a surf, have a skate, have a, yeah. a round of golf. Go for a walk in like, the woods. Yeah. yeah. I, I wouldn't advise um, getting wasted. No. Because that doesn't really help. Yeah. The bottle doesn't last and you have to face the morning to yeah. quote a song. Just and magnifies actually, it, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah you, you won't find solace at the bottom of a bottle yeah. ever, I, I, really. I think you're right. salvation. Yeah. I think it's the little things that will get you through it. You know, get up yeah. in the morning, brush your teeth, have a shower, comb your hair. Um, but share. Yeah. Share with yeah. your friends. Yeah, talk to, talk to, your, those that, talk to those friends and, and family that you know are, are going to be supportive and reliable enough to, to be there for you and get out in nature exercise yeah that's free it costs you nothing to go for a walk and um and i would again advise and i am i've seen this in friends and i mean i didn't particularly go go this route myself but i think don't just try and find someone else straight away gosh no no like you you know i remember you saying to me when I, i split up it takes um like a at least a month for every year you were together, really. Yeah, that's that's so a I, rule of thumb. Yeah. yeah, and it was about nine, ten months before I got together with my current partner. Yeah. And um, I'd met a couple of girls in the interim, but it was nothing serious and yeah. it was never going to really go anywhere. But, it, you know, when I met my current partner, I just knew that that, yeah. that was it. It was different. And, yeah. um, and it was a beautiful um, kind of end to that little bit of my life. I went from, you know, from being in a, a quite a serious relationship with a baby to a single guy and then instantly moved to a place with her of resonance of just I'm comfortable with her by my side I'm comfortable being in her life you yeah. know her being in my life and um yeah and then a whole load of other fucking lessons coming <laughs> that are hard as well but also beautiful yeah so yeah you got this guys and yeah. um you'll be right reach out reach out yeah and um we're sending meta and love to all of you. Yeah. And just, just remember that everything that you're dealing with, it passes. Yeah. And this will, everything is impermanent as we always yeah, say. This will pass too. So, um, yeah, yeah. Just, so. just keep on going. You'll get there and you know, you'll, you'll come out of it a, a different, more, a wiser, unique human being, which is never a bad thing. Definitely. And let's end with our prayer as yeah. we do. May any goodness that comes from our practice be shared outwards in all directions and together may we create a positive change on this planet. So much love, guys. Kia kahar, everyone.